May his Holy Spirit come and fill this place with the mighty outpouring of his Holy Spirit. That is our prayer, that we would sense his Holy Spirit here with us in this place. It was a few weeks ago when Pastor Chuck challenged us to go and to rock our world. I know we had some of our young people that were leaving for graduate school. He looked at our oldest daughter, Christy, and he said, Christy, you're leaving. You're going away to school. But may that not be what is the most important. He said, Christy, go and rock your world and then study. He said, John Hamilton, you're going off to law school. You're moving up to Lansing. He said, but don't just go to be a law student. He said, John, go up there. And rock your world. And then become a lawyer. You see, we are challenged not to make the things that we do every day in life the very most important. Not our jobs, not our daily responsibilities. Our daily responsibility is to be a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ. And in that way, we are to rock our world. So today, we are challenged not to just live our ordinary life. Our focus is that we are to be a disciple of Jesus Christ in everything that we do. You know, you might happen to be a nurse, or you might happen to be an accountant, or you might happen to be a salesperson. But the number one thing in your life ought to be knowing Jesus Christ and letting Him transform you every single day of your life. You see, all of our journey here on this life ought to be that we would become more and more like Jesus in our lives. And in doing that, we will rock our world. Along the way, we might be mothers and fathers and dads and aunts and uncles, but those are not the most important. The most important is to become like Jesus Christ. Now, you might be saying, how in the world are we supposed to do that? How are we supposed to become more and more like Jesus Christ? Well, here's the challenge today. The challenge today is that we would like to take on as Grace Point something we want to call the 60-60 experiment. We believe that this experiment might help us rock our world. As a matter of fact, that's the hypothesis. When you have an experiment, you're supposed to have a hypothesis. So our hypothesis is, if we do this, then we will rock our world. Now, how in the world are we supposed to do this? Paul tells us in a little way in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. He says, if you want to rock your world, pray continuously. Wow, pray continuously? How in the world am I supposed to pray continuously? I mean, I'm a busy person, and I know you're a busy person. And I've got stuff I've got to get done every day. I mean, I've got a lot of work to get done. You know, there's emails to answer and, and people to talk to and things to do. And, and, and how in the world am I supposed to pray continuously? And yet, that's what the Bible tells us. It tells us that we are supposed to pray continuously. You see, it is through prayer that we will get to know the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. It's through prayer that we get to know Him better. And it is through knowing Him that He can use us to rock our world. So church family, here's the experiment. The experiment is that starting tomorrow, every day for the next 60 days, what would happen if once every 60 minutes you stopped to pray? That's it. The 60-60 challenge. 
What would happen if once every 60 minutes over the next 60 days, you stopped every 60 minutes and took some time to focus on God and you saw what he might say to us? What would happen to us personally and what might happen to our church? So I don't know how you want to do it. Some of you might be clever enough, I'm not, to get your cell phone to beep once every hour. Mine won't do that. Maybe you have a watch that will beep once every hour. If you are technologically challenged, as some of us are, we do have these nifty timers out there in the back today for sale for only $4. Um, but they say Grace Point, Church of the Nazarene, 6060 experiment. And you can pick up your own little timer and you can set it to beep every 60 minutes. Every 60 minutes to remind you that we are taking part in this 60 60 experiment. Now, I'll tell you what, I've been trying it for the last few days. It's fascinating to see what in the world happens when this little timer goes off. Let me tell you something. People will ask you, what in the world is that? Well, that's fascinating just to tell people. Well, it's time for me to pray and to focus on God. I even had it at a soccer game. People are looking at you like, what are you doing? Well, turn off that timer. And I'm over there praying, God, what's going to happen in the next hour? The 60-60 experiment. So your little beeper goes off. And you hear it. And what are you going to do? You're going to pray. And number one, you're going to ask God, how can I love you more, God? How can I love you more? And second, you're going to say, God, how can I love my neighbors better? That's what's going to happen. It's going to beep. And you're going to pray. And you're going to ask God, what can I do? Now, as a church family, we want to know how the experiment is going. We want to see if the hypothesis holds true. That if we learn to pray continuously, that something might happen in us. That something might happen. That we might rock our world. That things might change. And so we want to jump in. And we want to um, have all of us involved in something called a blog. Now, some of you are going, now, what is a blog? Well, a blog is sort of like an electronic journal that we can all share together in the church. And so I want to show you how to get to the blog. First of all, you go to the church's website, which is www.gpnaz.org. If you're not going there very often, you're probably missing out on some of what's going on at church because you can find a lot of details of what's happening by just simply going to the website. The very first article up there says, Do you want to rock your world? And I hope that you do want to rock your world. And in the middle of that, there's a place that says, click here to go to the blog. You click here and you'll see the next screen. And this is our blog. It's the Grace Point 6060 Experiment. And on that blog, if something unusual happens, teens, you know how to blog. You need to teach us how to do this, okay? So get involved. Come to the blog. If something happens at school, if something happens at work, and you want to share what has happened during the 60-60 experiment, whatever it might be, I want you to come to the blog and to leave your comment. And it will be a running journal of the life of this church and what God is doing through this experiment. Now, I will tell you, I've set up this blog. It's through um, it's blog.com, and so you have to have a Google account. And uh, please don't let that scare you. If you get there and it asks for a Google account, just sort of set one up, make up a name, and join in the conversation. Okay? It's no big deal. But that's the way that you can get on the blog and you can enjoy the conversation. So we invite you to do that. So we invite you to pick up your timer. Join us. 60-60. Write it down. Share with us what is going on. Now, why are we doing this? 
Some of you might be saying, that is rather goofy, Pastor Carla. Why are we going to sit there with our little timers and remind us to do this? You know why? Because in a nutshell, it has to do with something that we call holiness. And that word has been thrown around in our church for a long, long time. And sometimes we've turned that word into things like a, a list of how we're supposed to do do's and don'ts, or we have a list in terms of how we're supposed to dress and, and all that kind of good stuff. But, but you know what? That's not really what it's about. You see, holiness is what God created us all for. God created all of us to be holy people. It is his desire for every single person on this earth to become holy. Holy. His desire is that we do not be the we are not the kind of people that we have originally been but that we are transformed into his image. And that is holiness. And he wants us to be a reflection of him on this earth. And only when we are a reflection of him are we going to rock our world. And you're only going to get to rock your world when you spend time in his holy presence and you ask him to change him into his image. So every hour, the timer, it goes off. And I begin to pray. And I begin to ask God, help me, Lord, to love you more. Help me to love you with my heart, soul, mind, and my strength, with everything that's in me. And let me just mention to you here this morning. Every one of us that is here is in a different place on their journey with Jesus Christ. We're all walking somewhere in this journey, but some of you haven't even begun the journey. There are some, I'm sure, that are here today that have not even asked Jesus Christ into their heart and life. And that's okay. But it's time to take the first step and to get on the journey And to be willing to follow Jesus Christ. To be willing to follow that cross. And if you have not made that commitment, then when you beat this and you say, God, how do I love you? You need to ask God how to transform you. You need to ask God, how can I give my heart and life to you? And you know what? You've got a pastoral staff here and you've got friends and people in this church that want to help you make that step. So if you are struggling with that step, then you contact us this week or contact me right after this service and say, Pastor Carla, I'm not even sure that I'm on this trip. The second thing, though, is that a number of us have made this commitment. We're following Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, that's just the beginning of the journey. And as we begin in this journey of following Jesus Christ, as we're going along, you will discover that there is something in the way of you becoming everything that God wants you to be. And do you know what that is? It's you. It's me. It's our self-centeredness. It's all the desires for ourselves, And all of those desires get in the way of allowing God's Holy Spirit to entirely fill us so that we can be all that he wants us to be. There comes a point in time where God says, crucify yourself, give it up. And then he can fill us with his Holy Spirit. And some of us have done that and we are excited. And we're excited because we're going to become this reflection of God's image to the whole world. And so we pray every hour, God, help me to love you more. But we're only willing to go so far. You see, we are to be a reflection of God. That's how the world sees who God is, a reflection of Jesus Christ. It's like a mirror. But some of us look a little bit like this in the next picture. 
We um, are willing to be Christians, but I want a mirror that's just about this size. And it's just a nice, convenient little mirror that I can carry around. And if you look really, really close, there's a little teeny tiny reflection of Jesus in my mirror. Just a little teeny tiny one. But I'm happy with living my Christian life just like that. But you know what? When you start to pray every hour, God, how do I love you more? He's going to start talking to you about how you can grow in him. And he's going to say, you know what? I want your mirror to grow. And I want your mirror to grow until it consumes all of you. And like this next slide shows, that there would be nothing left of me. I don't want you to look at me and see Carla. I want you to be able to look at me and see Jesus. And that is the goal of holiness. The goal of holiness is that I will decrease and he will increase. And there is nothing left of me for you to see. So every hour the beeper goes off and we ask this question. God, how do I love you more? And all of a sudden, that problem of self-centeredness might just come back in. And when I beep this, I might say, God, what is in the way of my mirror enlarging? And he might say, you. Well, God, what, what do I need to do about it? And God might say, well, what about your habits? What about that little habit of making yourself first over the rest of your family? What about your little habit of the fact that you want to spend the family money your way on the things that you want to do? You're going to spend them on your hobby. You're going to spend them on your habits. And you don't care if anybody else in your family has enough money. Crucify it. Give it up. God, how do I love you more? He might say, you have a problem. He might say your little habits, your smoking habit, you enjoy that, don't you? Your smoking habit, you're spending a lot of money on it, your kids are getting sick. Why are you continuing with that habit? It might be a habit of drinking too much. You're spending all your money on that. Why are you doing that? It might be a habit of watching pornography. Why are you doing that? Crucify it. Get rid of the self-centeredness. The reflection of Jesus Christ will never fill your life if you do not crucify the things in your life that are creating self-centeredness. Ask God every hour, how can I love? How can I love you more? Another thing God might talk to you about is your time. You want to rock your world? It doesn't happen on five-minute devos a day. It's not going to happen. You can't just get out a little devotional book, read a little thing. And then we had a man that was here earlier this year, Steve Weber. He talked about what his prayer life had been before, before God really convicted him. He said, for 37 years, I was a leader in the denomination of the Church of the Nazarene. And he said, I had a terrible prayer life. He said, I believe that scripture in the Bible where it says God knows what you need before you ever ask him. So he said, I'd start out the day and say, God, you're busy. I'm busy. You know what I need. Let's just hit the road. And how many of us are like that? You know what? If you want to love God with all your heart, you've got to put some time into it. You've got to put time into having 
a devotional and prayer life with Jesus Christ. So every hour you might be saying, okay, God, what do I need to do to love you more? What has to change in my life? The timer goes off. Lord, how do I love you? And Lord, how do I love my neighbor? You know what? It's hard sometimes to love our neighbors. But look, let's look at what James tells us about that. James says, my brothers and my sisters, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but you say to the poor man, stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised for those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. And finally, James wraps up this chapter by saying, what good is it, my brothers and my sisters, if a man claims to have faith, but he has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Lord, how do I love my neighbor? It's not comfortable for me to ask this question, Lord. Okay, Lord, help me to love my neighbor. Lord, help me to see my neighbor. Lord, help me to see my neighbor the way you see my neighbor. Lord, help me to love my neighbor. So I said we've been kind of trying to experiment with this the last few days. I wanted to kind of figure out what this felt like. And the other night, my husband took me on a date to the ball game. And we went to the ball game, and little did we know it was dollar beer night. Great night for us to go. The young couple sitting next to us, uh, I think each had seven beers by the time the evening was finished, and they were having a good time. But I had my beeper. Lord, how do I love my neighbor? And the Lord said, give him your tickets to Bob Kate. I had two tickets to Bob Cates left in my purse. They were our tickets. I said, okay, Lord, I don't know this couple at all. But I ended up in conversation and giving them two tickets to Bob Cates. And then we ended up looking at them, and they asked where this church was. And this young lady works, Lori, with you at your job. And she knew you and that you went to church here. And you have influenced her life. And somehow God intersected that night at a ball game. 
Lord, how do I love my neighbor? God wants us to rock our world. And it is never, ever going to happen if we don't spend time with him. Lord, how do I love you? How do I love my neighbor? Lord, how do I rock my world? People, maybe it's time for us as the church to arise. Maybe it's time for us to get out of our seats and to move out into this world and to figure out how God wants to take the church out of the building. How in the world God wants to make a significant difference in this world and maybe a little experiment called the 6060 experiment can help us to move, around, move us out of here. I want us just to take a few minutes this morning and listen to this song. Let us think about how God might be calling us to get up and to arise. He's calling us. Let's listen. Yeah.
suffer. 